I'm Rob Hopkins, and this is Imagination Taking Power, a podcast where I share with you conversations, insights, and aha moments on my journey towards writing a book about imagination. I was recently in Lille in France as a speaker at an event called the World Forum for a Responsible Economy. One of my fellow speakers was Judy Wicks, who I've wanted to meet for years. Judy is from Philadelphia in the US and is a retired entrepreneur and was one of the founders of Bali, the business alliance for local living economies. She now describes herself as an activist citizen, acting in a variety of ways which you'll hear about as we get into the conversation we had. We met over breakfast in the hotel we were both staying in, so listen out for the rattle of teacups and the distant munching of croissants. I started by asking Judy to give us some background on Bali. What is it and what does it do? Bali basically um, supports leaders, uh, identifies and supports leadership and connects them around the country because oftentimes uh, leaders in local economies are isolated, um, uh, share solutions, um, and it moves capital um, into local economies. Um, we have a particular lens on e- uh, equity and making sure that those who have been left out in the old economy have ownership positions in the new economy. Um, and um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm no longer active in that. I'm a, I'm a, a emeritus board member, but I'm not really, I'm not a voting board member any longer. Uh, so I'm, um, I, I, I can't tell you the, the details of the, of the current situation, but that's the general idea of okay, it. Okay. <laughs> and so we talked before about you know, this, the, the idea of uh, this question around the imagination and what is it for you, do you think, about the, the economy that we see, the kind of things that, the, that come into Bali, the, the, the bottom-up, citizen-led economy, how, how does that feed the imagination better than the top-down corporate well, experience, do you think? In my, um, from my perspective, um, globalization, you know, through multinational corporations, has really stripped us of imagination because it's all about <coughs> replication. It's all about spreading your brand um, around the world or whatever. Um, and in order to do that, you have to uh, reach, you know, kind of the common denominator. You have to routinize and. Um, uh, you know, um, make things the same. It's, it's the opposite of imagination. <laughs> you know, it's to try and routinize um, the economy uh, so that you can grow uh, that big. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, local economies, I think, by nature, are more uh, creative um, because we're not we're looking to see what does my community need, uh, what what does my place want to be, um, and, and and move towards that. Um, I feel like it's also about intuition, that um, I think there's an imbalance of masculine and feminine energies in the world, in our economy, um, and I don't mean gender, but I mean the, the masculine and feminine energies that are in each of us, that, um, I'm going to talk about this in my talk today, but I had a farmer that once said that um, good farming is the balance of masculine and feminine energies, and he characterized the masculine as being about efficiency and the feminine is being about nurturing. Um, and um, right now, I think our, our economy is totally out of balance. It's all about efficiency. How can we reduce expensive to get the cheapest product on the market as opposed to uh, nurturing? There's no, almost no nurturing in the industrial economy. Um, looking at food, food production, for instance, uh, it's just um, so much cruelty you know, that underlies industrialization uh, towards animals, towards nature, towards workers, and so on. Um, and um, so um, I think that part of this 
what we need and, and part of you know imagination really is to have more feminine er energy uh, it's not just about imagining how much money you can make <laughs> or how you can reduce expenses at the expense of, of, of others um, but it's about imagining a better world mm -hmm. you know imagining how your business can serve your community uh, and work in harmony with nature and so on um, and there's something about all this that I think is about remembering um, in our DNA. You know, I think those of us who can imagine uh, a world at peace and cooperation and love and so on are not just imagining it, that we're remembering it somehow mm -hmm. and in some mysterious way. <laughs> because there's, I, I, I do believe that that there, that the world once was in that way was um, harmonious. That indigenous people um, did live in harmony with nature, um, and that they cooperated. I lived in an Eskimo village for a year in Alaska, uh, and there I saw a, a culture of sharing and interdependence and cooperation um, with nature and with each other um, that really helped cement my worldview. Um, and I, I feel like, you know, in many ways that indigenous people are our guides right now. Um, and that is, it's about remembering how, how man once lived in harmony with nature. Um, and um, and uh, so it's, it's not, and, and, and I think in, in, intuition taps into the universal consciousness, which is timeless. Um, and, and has the memory of all, everything that's ever happened in it. And so when we can tap, into that, to our intuition, we can be guided by that. And I feel like for me, I'm not a intellectual. Like I hardly ever even read a book, to tell you the truth. I buy all these books and I, I find that I don't read them. I don't have time to, um, and I don't really have that much interest, really, because there's just so much um, happening in real time. You know? uh, and so I'm very much guided by intuition. And I can remember when I started The White Dog, there were times that I felt that I was in a dream. I was just doing things. I didn't even have a total vision. I was just doing things because I felt, I just knew, I had a knowing that this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, this is the right thing. This is, this makes sense, you know, in some kind of intuitive way. Um, and I've always been that way. And I think that, um, that in general, that, that females um, have the opportunity to do this more than uh, males because of the way we're brought up. Mm. Um, and I think it, it is about feminine. I think feminine energy is about intuition, but and that maybe and, and that females hold more of that than men because of our culturation. Um, and um, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think what I. <laughs> what I well, I like, so with, through Bali, when you've you've spent a lot of time around people who are the kind of the leaders or the incubators, the sort of pioneers of this kind of an economy. Have you? Is there? If you think of them and then you think of people who start big corporations, what is it about those people who come in to this approach of doing things that makes them more imaginative or you know, what, what well, are the qualities you've seen of those people? Uh, in, independent thinking. I, I think that, uh, so I, I work with almost all entrepreneurs. Um, so Bali was, in the beginning, it was a, it was a, a network of entrepreneurs. Uh, it's 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 not that anymore. It's now it's more of a network of nonprofit leaders who are running networks of businesses. Um, but I see Bali. <clears throat> Bali was born through the, the the imagination of entrepreneurs. 
Um, and so I think that by nature, entrepreneurs uh, tend to be mavericks, um, at least for me. Uh, uh, the reason I have always started my own business is because I don't want to work for someone else. You know, I want to, I want to, um, I want to uh, win or fail um, through my own initiatives. Um, and so I think that when I think of the people that helped to start Bali, they were entrepreneurs. Paul Saginaw, who's here, who started Zingerman's, mm -hmm. he was on the on the board of Bali. Um, see, well, they, we had some intellectuals, David Corton, um, who wrote When Corporations Change the World, and Michael Schumann, Going Local. Um, but they weren't entrepreneurs, uh, but most of us were entrepreneurs that were on the board in the beginning. So, yeah, so I think, um, you know, being independent, being, um, uh, want, wanting to be free, you know, <laughs> that's the main reason I see for starting your own business. You want to have freedom. Mm -hmm. And freedom is, that freedom of the imagination, freedom of the mind is, is part of that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I guess ever since I was a little girl, I've, I've, I've um, thought of something and, and then made it happen. Um, you know, when I was little, I would build like forts up in the woods, or I, I build a, a miniature golf course, or whatever. I would look at a pile of wood, and when I was nine years old, and, and imagine that becoming a fort, and then I would build it. You know, <laughs> material. What's it called? Um, not materialize. Um, when you make something happen. Anyway, I forget the, the right word for that. Um, but um, and I think that is a trait of entrepreneurship. Mm. But I, to tell you the truth, I think that many people could be entrepreneurs but their imagination is blocked um, because of our educational systems, uh, because of uh, corporatization, um, that we're taught to repeat facts and not to actually think. Mm. I wasn't particularly good in school because I, <laughs> it was more interesting to be staring out the window <laughs> than listening to the teacher. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think that, um, um, you know, that our educational system in, in many times in, inhibits imagination. Mm. Uh, not, not totally. I mean, there's a lot of really great schools that mm. don't do that. But um, I think we're, we're, being, uh, we're being taught to fit into an economic system that really doesn't want individuality and freedom. They want to teach you to be a clog in the wheel. They want to teach you to be a, a pawn in the, in the corporate um, plantations. Um, there's, a, there's a beautiful word in French called, which is bricolage, which there isn't really an English version of, which means like uh, making the most of what you have, like if you have a limited palette of stuff, how you make the most, like in the A-Team where they would go into a garage and build a tank out of just what they found in the garage, and right. that, that sort of thing. Do you think this, this, it feels like there's something about, in the local economy movement, there's something about looking and saying, okay, we live in a time of limits, yeah. and climate change imposes yeah. limits, and things impose limits, but actually we can flourish within those limits and right. see those an opportunity. Whereas if you're Donald Trump, you just you just think, I can't even see those limits. There are no limits. Yes. How do you think, what is that, that quality of being able to look and say, actually, our, our options are constrained, but hey, that's great. Right, absolutely. I totally agree with that. You know, I, I think if I had been a very wealthy person, I wouldn't have been as successful as I, as I am. Because I, 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 I used the cards that were dealt me. This, here's what you have. Like when I was a little kid, okay, you have this pile of sticks. What can you do with it? You know, <laughs> and you know, I started my business very small. It was a, a takeout shop with muffins and coffee takeout because I didn't have enough money to do anything more than that. But then I built it bigger and bigger. You know, each each time adding to that. But I didn't uh, come off, off with some grand vision. Like if I had been a millionaire, I would have had some grand vision. Um, and when you have a grand vision, 
and you build this grand vision, you don't have the opportunity to learn along the way. And it's the process of learning, you know, um, of, of taking steps this way and then retreating and going this way and so on. That's the creative process. Um, and when you have too much money, uh, you don't, you, you, you're, you're not in that frame of mind. Um, in, ingenuity, um, you know, another thing I saw in the Eskimo village is how the Eskimos have very limited resources and um, they would take apart an engine and, and, and uh, carve pieces out of ivory <laughs> to replace parts because they didn't have any, any uh, parts and stuff. Um, they just used all the resources they had. Um, and, you know, there's so much that we can do with so little if we put our mind to mm -hmm. it. And we're, we have too much. I think that is a big problem. We have so much that we don't have to um, use our imagination. I mean, it seems as though everything we could ever imagine is already at our fingertips. Um, which is not actually true, but it's just there's just so much that we can't, we 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 never um, test ourselves mm -hmm. to actually make something new because there's we already have everything we want. <laughs> the question I've asked everybody that I've spoken to is, uh, you know, if it had been Judy Wicks who was elected as President Wicks in November, whenever it was, 2016, and you had run for office on a platform of Make America Imaginative again, so <laughs> recognizing that there was an urgent need to increase the imaginative capacity of life in schools, in home life, in workplaces, in politics, in mm -hmm. universities, and so on and so on. Where would you start? What might be some of the things that you do in your first 100 days as President Wicks? Oh gee, well it's hard to think on that scale <laughs> because I, I would I would um, I would uh, empower local local communities. I would decentralize. Um, I feel like the United States should be decentralizing our democracy. I mean, we have the the um, te the um, technology uh, where we could individually all vote on things, you know, um, and we don't use that um, because we're we don't want to. I um, mean, the powers that be don't want to. They want to make the decisions. But I would de decentralize power, decentralize decision-making. I would um, encourage communities to gather um, in town halls or, you know, whatever. Um, and um, because I feel like um, co-creation is, is called for right now. Um, I think it's always how mankind has progressed through history is um, through co-creation. Um, with others and uh, that we've gotten at least in the United States into a very individualistic path you know the hero of the the lone cowboy or whatever <laughs> which is really a myth because on the frontier you have to work together to survive and I think we we now have the illusion that we can survive individually when we we really cannot we need to cooperate uh, to build uh, to build the systems um, to build sustainable systems in order to survive. And so, you know, I would, I would say that we, we need to, um, especially, I think climate change actually gives us the, the perfect reason uh, for doing this now and doing it quickly to um, organize into communities and, 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 and know our places, like where does our water come from? Where does our food come from? Where does our energy come from? Where does our waste go to? To examine these things and as a, a community figure out um, sustainable ways to to live um, and to work together towards that uh, in a local way um, and we need we need the, the we need uh, um, larger powers like the federal government um, to make the shift towards renewable towards saving us um, 
from the climate change. Um, and, <coughs> you know, in the United States, it's just it's horrible right now. We're going the opposite direction. So, you know, I would think, I think that the, the federal government could, uh, could help, you know, through, through, through laws um, and through uh, resources and through um, sharing information of, um, um, and through cheerleading, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> encouraging, you know, saying that every single person needs to be part of this transformation, you know, to a, a, an economy that works with nature uh, and serves us all. Um, and it's not like someone else is going to do it. We, we all have to do it. Yeah. Um, and I, so I think that the, this whole idea of um, decentralizing decision-making and power and so on to make people understand that, uh, feel empowered, to make people feel empowered, I think that's part of the lack of imagination is that people feel disempowered. Uh, they don't feel that they can make a difference, that what they could imagine or think of doesn't, could never happen. Um, so part of it is to, 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 to empower people uh, to take charge of, of their lives and to, and to work with others. One of the things that struck me, uh, the, the things I've seen about Bali is there's a really, I'm not sure it's much less than, than, than it could be or it should be, but it feels like there's a, there's a good representation in there from communities who are often quite marginalised. Yes, some really that's right. interesting examples and stuff that's happening in Jackson, stuff's happening in different parts of America where, where communities who who you would imagine <clears throat> you know have suffered them more than their fair yes. share of trauma yes. and marginalization which is mm -hmm. often something where it doesn't create the ideal conditions in which the imagination can flourish mm -hmm. and that sort of uh, right, because of because you get traumatized and, and you get scared right. and you get and you're just struggling to keep your head above water right. what are the sort of qualities of, of that uh, the the of, of, of when you see that emerge in those places, do you think? Well, that was very uh, strategic on the part of Bali. When we started, it was started by all white people that were upper middle class, um, successful entrepreneurs and so on. And so as we grew, we saw that uh, that our networks were all white um, and mostly in white, white communities. And that we had to, if we were really creating a new economy, we had to focus on, on, on justice and equity. So. Um, we, we switched to a program um, where our focus was, rather than waiting for business networks to come to us and, and become a member, we, we looked to find who are the leaders um, in very diverse communities and um, um, invite them to become uh, Bali Fellows, um, providing resources and so on for them. Um, so there was a, a very, and I think when you're dealing with uh, equity issues, it has to be very strategic because if you just wait for it to happen normally, it's going to become the same old people. Mm. Um, so it has to be very strategic uh, to find people and to uh, um, make the, you know, the, the movement diverse. And so that's been, that's been really incredible because um, I, the Bali Fellows, I think, I don't know how many are there now, hundreds now um, from all over the country, but they're, I think, uh, around 50% people of color. Um, and this is, this is quite amazing now. They're not entrepreneurs now. They're they're nonprofit leaders, but they're working with entrepreneurs in their communities. So, um, some might be um, working all with uh, farmers and gardeners or something. So it's it's it differs from different places. Um, but um, how does it, what was the question? How does that uh, like how how does how do people how do people in a context that is that would often. Cr 
crush the imagination, where there would mm. be less little space for the imagination, what are the, 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 re, the kind of inner resources or capacities you've seen in people that have okay. been able well, to flourish? Okay, well, you know, I think a really great example uh, is Detroit. You know, after the car manufacturing industry crashed there, there was just, you know, just a, a, a neighbor, whole neighborhoods that were just vac vacated, you know, because there, there was no jobs. Um, and so out of the ashes, you know, kind of arose a new economy that was locally based, that's locally based, where um, largely African Americans, you know, took over empty lots and started uh, creating gardens. Um, and it's just been a huge phenomena um, of how um, um, people, you know, use their imagination. This could be a farm <laughs> instead of a vacant lot, you know, or a trash strewn, you know, lot or whatever. So it's just amazing how they've created um, not only gardens, but in working together, they've created, you know, daycare, you know, for the kids and the youth and empowered the youth and given them hope. And um, and then, you know, I haven't been there lately, but I went on a tour on a, a few years ago and there were just really interesting businesses popping up too. This watch was made in Detroit. Um, this, this company, the Shinola, um, they used to make shoe polish. And the guy, he inherited um, the company or whatever, and he decided to create a, a business that would employ f um, former auto workers uh, to make watches. And um, so I, I bought a watch from them uh, when I was in Detroit. Um, but that kind of thing, you know, where you're really like looking at the situation, um, what, what does my community need? <laughs> my community needs jobs. What are our resources? We've got a lot of these workers that know how to put things together. And he also started a bicycle company. So he used these auto workers to make watches and bicycles. Um, so that's, you know, I think that's the, the, the imagination also, you know, comes from um, necessity. And that's part of, you know, of uh, using what you're, what you're dealt. Okay, here's the situation. <laughs> here's our problems. Here's our resources. What can we make out of that? Um, so I'm sure there's many... Uh, I haven't, you know, I'm not as involved in Bali as I was, although I'm going to the Leadership Summit, so I'll hear more stories about what's happening. Uh, but there's th things happening all over the country. And in the, in the old days, when I was, um, a, you know, was the co-chair of Bali, I would travel around, you know, to all the different things and see what's happening. <laughs> and uh, mostly I was uh, so impressed to see um, the new, new businesses popping up, you know, mm -hmm. where they're like porous pathers, you know, that, you know, we know now that our stormwater systems in cities aren't working. Um, we need to have the, the water go back into the earth. And so then these businesses are creating all these new things to solve these problems. And that's what I really loved um, about the old days in Bali. Is go, we would have conferences around different places and you'd go to that place, whether it's Charleston, South Carolina, or uh, Burlington, Vermont, or you know, um, Phoenix, Arizona, all very different climates and, and see what were the entrepreneurs doing in those cities? Mm. And I, I love that. And then we stopped doing that. Um, but um, anyway, I don't want to get too much into Bali politics. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's, there's changes going on right now mm. uh, that I think are for the better. But it was a really good change to decentralize, um, you know, culturally and uh, racially. Um, mm. Mm. And that's been really helpful. Um, but now I think we need to have more focus on entrepreneurship again. Yeah. 
So that was all my questions. Of just if you had any thought, any last thoughts about imagination that I haven't asked you the right questions okay. to elicit. If there's any last, well, you know, I guess maybe I feel this way because I'm an entrepreneur, but I, I just feel like we need to, um, we need to give a lot of space and support to entrepreneurship um, at the local level. Um, we need to move um, funding into that. You know, that, that's one of the things I'm doing now. As I, I mentioned earlier at breakfast, I started a microloan fund. It's called the Circle of Aunts and Uncles. And the idea is, is to provide uh, family stage money uh, for entrepreneurs that don't have family with resources. And we also provide social capital, um, you know, direction and connections and so on. And um, so each entrepreneur that we loan to um, has a, what we call a sub-circle of aunts and uncles that are their kind of um, support group. And this uh, tomorrow, I'm missing a meeting <laughs> with, uh, with. There's a company called Lobo Ma. It's a local manufacturing company. They they make clothing locally. I don't have anything on right now, but uh, do have some clothes with me that they made. Oh yes, I do that jacket. Where is my jacket? Oh here it is. This is this is made by uh, Lobo Ma. Uh, it's the Bad Wolf. Uh, it's the label. But anyway, it's designed and made in Philadelphia. Um, and, uh, and this is actually paint. Uh, they paint the fa uh, this uh, white paint onto um, the fabric. It's like a, um, just a, um, like a sweatshirt fra fabric. Okay. Um, anyway, um, I'm on their subcommittee. We loaned them $12,000 um, so they could um, buy a new sewing machine. And um, we have a meeting tomorrow, a sub-circle, to talk to them uh, about uh, um, um, their, their growth uh, the growth um, strategy, and we only loan to companies that don't do not have a strategy for growing bigger and bigger and selling to multinationals. Uh, we're looking for companies that want to uh, grow within their own com uh, community and to better serve their own community. Um, and so, um, I think that 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 the entrepreneurs are so essential in building local economies that we have to we have to help them. Um, so that's what I'm trying to do now is to get my friends who are baby boomers retired, they have money, they have time, they have expertise to support the millennials who are starting the, the, the companies that we need in our communities to grow our local economies, you know, local clothing, local food. Most of our entrepreneurs are in the food processing, so we have, th we have three ice cream makers, all three buy from local dairies, all the cows are grass-fed, um, and they use ingredients also that are seasonal um, from local farms. Um, and uh, we have a, a butcher, a female butcher, and <laughs> she buys the whole animal, uh, all the grass-fed beef and pasture pork, free-range chickens. Um, and um, we have a, a baker who buys heritage grains from local farmers and so on. So these young entrepreneurs are struggling, and they need um, our communities to um, provide low-interest loans and investments um, and business that we need to educate our population about the importance of buying local. Um, so I'd say that you know entrepreneurship is it's, it's, uh, it's the key to, to so much and it, it is about imagination. It's about someone that can imagine in their mind uh, the, the design of this jacket. They call it a palm jacket. <laughs> um, and, and to make it and to um, provide that to our community. Mm -hmm. Um, and we don't do enough to help entrepreneurs.